back with more of the Pope on Film! Act 3, buddy! Act 3! Act 3! Yes, buddy, my friend, it's time once again for this allegedly film-related podcast to casually mosey on in to our third and final act of the show. And for the uninitiated out there, the third act is wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing the low-cost high fiber and now with 50% more ass movie of the week! And so this week on the podcast, we discuss the ramifications of a 200-year-old man who wears Scooby-Doo brand ascots with a look at the 1969 Godzilla film without Godzilla, Latitude Zero! Yes. And buddy, last week, so last week, we each had a film ready on deck, and when you pitched your film... Godzilla co-creator Ishiro Honda's swinging 60s underwater sci-fi fantasy film, Latitude Zero, you called it a, a kaiju film without kaiju, a Godzilla film without Godzilla. Yes. And that's a good review of this film that shit, I think we're done. <laughs> okay, so we're just, we're just done. Like, like, cause that's it, you know? This film is basically Nick Adams in Invasion of the Astro Monsters, but without Godzilla and King Ghidorah and Rodan. Yeah. If it was just a Japanese guy and is a swinging American friend, and some guy who made super, uh, who who uh, who made an annoying sound creator. And they single-handedly battle Japanese aliens. Yes. This, this is, is just a kaiju film that they the kaiju. In fact, funny. Yes. When I when I watched Godzilla films as a child, I started watching Godzilla films when I was really, 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 really young because they were they were on they were always playing on UHF. Yes. You know, on channel fourteen and up. They they needed to fill time on their network, and so they bought the cheapest films imaginable. So on channel 45 at 10 a.m. on a Sunday, you could see uh, Gamera and then Invasion of the Astro Monsters and stuff like that. So I've been watching Godzilla films as a child, and fun fact about me... Uh, Ever since I was a child, I would watch this film and I'm like, oh, right, Godzilla, I'm going to watch a Godzilla film, this is really exciting, okay, drama, drama, exposition, drama, exposition, exposition, oh, look, Godzilla, okay, now I'm all excited, yeah. drama, drama, oh, there's a romance, okay, drama, another monster has gotten in. But see, I can remember as a kid... Like, when I watch a Godzilla movie, like, I can almost smell the rug again. Where yeah. I would be coloring, or playing with toy cars, or yeah. doing something else while the human story played out. Yeah. My grandmother had a rug, and... Uh, she went to Grandma's Rug Emporium, yeah. where all grandmas go to get their rugs, 
And if you buy like, two rugs, they'll throw in a bowl full of random nuts. <laughs> at Grandma's Rug Emporium off of Route 9 and the freeway. Uh, just look for the... What was the word you made up for Black Dress Warehouse? Or whatever that was? The Chicory Dump. The Chicory Dump. Next to the Chicory Dump. That's such a good, like, sort of local phrase that people would have in their town. Yeah. So, watching Latitude Zero, I think I watched it three times this week. Yeah. Four? Three times? And it is a fucking bitch to try and pay attention to this goddamn thing. Yeah. Because in my head, I just have this, like, block of, okay, here is the human drama that is happening in Godzilla film, and then monster. And so, like, I keep, I keep like, watching this film, like, okay, Latitude Zero, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this. And then eventually it's, like, 40 minutes, and it's like, oh, my God, where's the monster? Yeah. And then you see that it's just like, like these, they're not really monsters, they're just cryptid furries. <laughs> yes. I, I don't, I find this movie a whole lot of fun. I, I And at the same time, I feel a little bad because everything about this movie was like, there was a meeting at Toho and they're like, we have to get away from these monster movies. We're going to make a yeah. serious, big movie with stars, American Hollywood stars, and white people. White people wherever you could see. And it'll be our big Toho movie. It'll be our serious movie. And then they got, got a guy in a lion suit. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the first time I watched this, I'm like, okay, this is going to be exciting. I'm really happy. And, and I just, because I have that Godzilla movie block in my head from when yeah. I was a child, I tried to watch the movie. I ended up knocking it out. I woke up in bed next to Suzanne Plachette. <laughs> Surprising, but apparently the fans liked it. I don't know. Looking uh, for me, I, I totally hear what you're saying. Okay, I no, my totally brain hear. To, my my brain has been trained to not pay attention to large portions of this movie because my brain perks up for the kaiju. So my brain yeah. just keeps. When is the kaiju coming? And it's not coming, and it's very difficult for me. But my, but my, but my brain also has counter programming that tells me to pay attention to Caesar Romero. Oh, Caesar Romero's having a lot of fun in this. So I try to be positive. So I wrote the things that I like about it, and so the models are good. Yeah. This is a really shitty Godzilla movie model work. And so the models are really good. The underwater scenes look good. The interiors of Latitude Zero itself, it's really good looking and sort of futuristic and yeah. all of that. 
And then just Caesar Romero is just having so much fun chewing scenery. Oh, God. You know? Like, at any moment, you expect him to start twirling his mustache. I I know. They were so stereotypical bad guy couple. Yes, Snidely Whiplash. Yes. And Boris and Natasha, and then Cesar Romero. For not much reason except he just was. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The one thing thing in this movie made me perk up, you know who that was? Actress Linda Hayes in her skimpy gold outfit. Yes. The doctor? Yes. Yeah. That, that did it for me, but just I, I mean, I just had a hard time watching this, but I could see really, I really thought you were going to enjoy this because it is so Toho, Toho, and it is so goofy. But that's the thing. I feel like I could put this in my Godzilla playlist on, like, in my Godzilla folder on my computer. Yeah. The good thing about, like, the Godzilla movies as a whole is that you watch one and you go, oh, that's boring, and then you move on to the next one, and the next one might be better or might be worse, and it's like a toss-up, you know, like uh, like the Twilight Zone. Yes. Like, some of them are okay, some of them are great. Yes. And so... So, I feel like like I had a hard time paying attention to this movie. I don't particularly like it, but I could see myself putting this with the other Godzilla movies and going, oh, oh, hey, uh, let's watch Rodan. Okay, that's a bit more violent than I remember it, but hey, that's a pretty good movie. What do you want to watch now? How about Latitude Zero? I could see this being classified with the other Tohos uh-huh. in my mind now. Well, that's a, that's a good thing. I think yeah. I think it's worth it just for Joseph Cotton's outfit. Uh, fun fact: uh, he wrote a biography, an autobiography. Yeah. And what his story was, the story that he wrote was the studio said, an American studio said, "Hey, we're partnering with Toho, and together we're gonna make this movie. It's gonna have American actors and Japanese actors. We're gonna send you over there. We're gonna fly you back. We're gonna be paying for half." It's gonna be a big deal, big big deal. Here are your tickets. You go over there. And once they arrived in Japan, the American company went out of business. Oh. And so Toho's like, well, I guess we're paying for all the movie now. Yeah. I guess this is a Toho film. Don't worry, Americans. We'll get your tickets home. Yeah. So I love that story of just once they once they arrived in Japan and we're out of business. So so that's fun, buddy. Yes. I only say this because you're so good. Why don't you explain to us the plot of Latitude Zero? It starts with an expedition to, I forget what they called it, Gregory's Trench or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Uh, where there was strange, like, radioactive phenomena and and just strange things worth investigating. Yes. Um, 
It was supposed to be like a new Gulfway, like ships could go faster, some shit like this. So they're investigating their scientists, a couple of Japanese scientists, and the white guy from Grizzly as a really annoying reporter. He you know, was also he was also one of the Dirty Dozen, and he uh, was a captain in Airplane Two. He was captain in Airplane Two, yeah. And and he is and he is I forget his role, but he's in one of my favorite movies, Green Slime. Yes, he is in Green Slime too. Yeah, which was also an American Japanese production, I believe. Unless the Japanese, the American company went out of business. So he may have played this movie into a career. <laughs> yeah. He's been yeah. in a lot of shit. He's just one of those faces. He was up for a Best Supporting Actor award for some movie he did that I didn't write down. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was... He, yeah, he became a name. Yeah. So they went diving to... Didn't they... Didn't they go diving to get pictures of the fish? Yeah. That glow. Uh, why are all the fish swimming in one direction? But how do you want them to swim? They're not a tank. They're going somewhere. The fish are swimming in one direction because they're big fans of Harry Styles. Yes. That's, that's a one direction joke. Yes. So they're they're diving, they're all in their scuba gear, and they're swimming underwater and things like that. And um, they get taken into a bathysphere, and then they wake up on a submarine uh, where they're very surprised that a, a, a female doctor who is very skimpily dressed. Yes. I appreciated that. Yes. And then meets with a very, very hip Joseph Cotton. Yeah. With his ascot and his V-neck tunic that came down pretty much to his belly button with gold chains across his chest. Yeah, he was big pimpin'. Oh, oh, he was straight up pimpin', Joseph Cotton, in this movie. And, and... were you not fat? Could you not stare at the screen at that? Just be like, really? <laughs> Times yeah. have gotten hard, have they, Joseph Cotton? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I appreciate they tried to do something with the costuming, but man, that just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. And then they find out that there's basically a space bad guy and we're the space good guys. Not terribly clear on why. Yep, yep, not at all. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I mean, they hated each other, you know, but... Caesar Romero gets kind of evil when he cu- ki- kidnaps those people and wants to work on the guy's brain to get his secrets to whatever genetic thing or, yeah. you know. And, and then he. Huh? 
And he can implant implants. brains. Yes. Yeah. So then he implants a human brain into a lion. Which I personally don't think is the smartest move. He thinks somehow he is now going to have more command over the lion with the human brain. Where the human brain can answer a command but you know what? Fuck you, dude. Yeah. yeah. So now you got a lion with a human brain who could tell you to go fuck yourself. I mean, you might not have thought this whole thing completely through. Uh, yeah. But the lion was hysterically played by someone, I don't know who the actor was, clearly a man in a lion suit on his knees, like down on all fours. Fun fact, it was actually Richard Nixon. It was Richard Nixon? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that must have been tough casting. Yeah. Yeah. People came in droves to watch Richard Nixon. Yeah. <coughs> and then they fight, and then it's basically over. Okay? Until we get to what I can only call the Wizard of Oz ending. <laughs> yeah. You know? Where yeah. they where the reporter guy because Latitude Zero was a really cool place to hang out to. Latitude Zero. That's fun. yeah. But you know, so so only the annoying American reporter guy wanted to go back. Yeah. So then he's picked up by another ship, <coughs> and he's trying to tell him about Latitude Zero, and he's trying to tell him about the good captain and the evil captain, and their whole society that they have there. They're they're wickedly socialist. Um, all of that, and and nobody will believe him. And he brought diamonds back with him, but they turned into ba- into tobacco. And nobody will believe him that this actually happened. And then he runs into the captain, who was the captain of the good ship, Lollipop, Joseph Cotton. Dressed not nearly as sexy now, dressed all official. And it's very much like, you know, that's where you see, oh, the scarecrow. That was Ray Bolger right there in the window. (coughs) When the Wizard of Oz went back to black and white. And then Cesar Romero pops up on the same ship for no real reason. And and it's like, oh, oh, you know, the, the. what? I'm not exactly sure what we were supposed to be feeling at this point. But it was definitely ripped off from the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah. 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 The guy woke up in bed next to Suzanne Clichet. It all yes. makes sense. It, it all tied together. Yes. It was a new thing. I just tied the entire podcast together. Yes. Yes, I, I I think you should give it a couple more tries. I, I think you need to get over that block. Because this is just a fun-ass fucking movie. K- 
come on, the bat creatures. Again, just guys in bat suits. It looks like they're being attacked by Alf. <laughs> yeah, yes, it did. It did. Yeah. yeah, it looked like they look like leftover bad guys from those Starman movies. Yes, is what they look like. But this movie is historic because it's the last film that was directed by Godzilla creator Ishiro Honda. Okay. It was, it, it, while also. The le- well, it, it wasn't the last film directed by him. He made a bunch of other films. But this was the last uh, uh, collaboration between Ishiro Honda, special effects by E.G. Tsuburaya, and then the insanely familiar uh, score by Akira Ifukumi. And yes. they were the people who basically did the majority of the directing and the special effects and the music of all of those classic Godzilla movies. So this was the last time that those three people uh, worked together. Ishiro Honda specifically made this movie between a really good Godzilla movie and a fucking horrible Godzilla movie. Okay. So Which ones? Do you remember? Right... Right after he he made this movie Latitude Zero before Destroy All Monsters, okay, and after Godzilla's Revenge, where everything is happening in the mind of the young boy Ichiro. Yeah, and it has like Minya Godzilla's a child of indeterminate. Uh, origin. Yeah. Kind of showing him around. I hate that movie so much, and it's just the kid imagining his best friend, which is just a, like, it's a clip show. Yes. And it's so bad, but in between that, uh, fucking... But see, I liked it because it had, it had the good monster fights. You know, so I kind of ignored the kid. And I knew where they all came from, what movies, what other movies they came from. But yeah. it is the best, this movie is the best of. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah. So this film gets respect on account of how um, historical it is. So the fact that this is the final collaboration of the original Godzilla bunch, like, it, it, it gets respect. Oh, you know what other monster I liked? The R.O.U.S.'s from The Princess Bride. Yes. You can make it through the fire swamp. What about the R.O.U.S.'s? Rodents of unusual size. I don't think they exist. Jump scare. Yeah. So that was definitely them. Yes. At the end. I, I know that when I see them. Fun fact about this movie, it was made in English and dubbed into Japanese. Yeah. For the Japanese audience. And this, that's, that goes against the way that Toho always made movies. Yeah. You know, the American actors were speaking English and the Japanese actors were also speaking English. And they dubbed Japanese over that and they never do that in these movies. So this that's a real surprise. I'm impressed by taking how... You know what that is? 
Huh. That's taking some bad advice from the Italians. Right. That's what that is. So Japan got on the phone, said, hey, you know, Italy, I know we don't talk much, but, you know, we're making this new movie, and we're really putting our best into it, except for the actual sound effects. Fuck it. The Mothra sound effects will do fine. But I'm wondering if you have any advice for us and what we should do. Yes, let your actors speak just whatever the hell language they speak. And overdub everybody. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, uh, I, I'm impressed by how many of those actors that I've seen speak Japanese in a, baz- a bazillion Godzilla films can speak decent English. Yeah. I was impressed by that. Like, good for you. So, Mike, Mike, I got a question for you. You know the Disney Vault? I'm aware where they put their movies for 20 years, whatever, and then re-release them like anybody gives a shit anymore. Well, apparently Toho has a Toho Vault. Really? And decades ago, in America at least, in Japan this was still around, but in America... Uh, Toho just locked it in the Toho vault, and there was never a like a home release of this. It was never released on VHS or DVD yeah. or anything. And that gave this film this mystique, this aura of ooh, the lost, hidden uh, Ishiro Honda film. That yeah. made between Godzillas. Oh, this is going to be the biggest movie ever. And uh, as far as I can tell from the reviews, uh, uh, years ago when this movie was finally officially released in America, as far as I can tell, American Godzilla fans said a collective, oh, okay, when they finally saw the movie. Yeah. So, so there's that. Uh... The movie's credits, I was paying attention to the credits, and apparently this is based on an old radio show from the 40s. Yeah. And so I've been looking for any information about the Latitude Zero radio serial drama, and uh, there was a bit on Wikipedia, and it was like, very little is known about the Latitude Zero radio drama. Like, really? Like, there's no, like, recordings of it anywhere? Like, there's no... Yeah, but apparently this was based on an old radio serial. And I found that an interesting concept. You know? That's like, that's like an interesting place to live and to put a, 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 a hidden society. Latitude Zero. How weird that Samuel L. Jackson and Nicholas Cage starred in Amos and Andrew. <laughs> yes. How weird is that? Wow. Wow. Anyway, Bunny, uh, that's all I got for this movie. Uh, it gets a lot of respect from me, a Godzilla fan. And I had a hard time paying attention with it, but I don't think it's the fault of this movie. I think it's just the block that I had in my head. Yeah. You know? 
and I just need to see it a few times. I'm going to add it into my Godzilla playlist because it just fits there. You I, know? I think so. It is so... It is so... It's almost a good movie. You know? And it's it's yeah. almost like... Why did you try to... Try so hard to make a good movie... And then fail in all these other regards... Because you did the same shit you did... Some of that mu- music was Godzilla music too. Yeah. You know? Yes. And I heard a lot of monster sound effects throughout this movie. Same. Which I found a lot of fun, because it was just so stupid and goofy. Like, why don't you... You know, you're going this far, why don't you go the rest of the way and redo your sound effects just for this movie? Yeah, you're watching... You're watching a... I'm watching this movie, and I hear a sound effect, and I'm like, Oh, shit, is that Rodan? Oh, no. Yes! I Yeah. Definitely heard Rodan. Yeah. But I still think this movie is a whole lot of fun... And it really starts hitting the goofy meter when we start meeting some of his creations. Yeah. 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 This This is a wacky film. You know. This was. And the 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 Asian girl that he gives the orders to. Yeah. The one who's kind of his side bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't she remind you of what's her name from the Austin Powers movies? Yes. The 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 assistant what? No. No, the assistant to Doctor Evil. Yes. The one who yes. screamed yeah. all of his orders. Yeah. That was her. Frau Far Bissena. Some or some that. effect. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I keep wanting to say Frau Blucher, but that's not it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think everybody should track this movie down and watch it, because I think it's a whole lot of fun. And I think if you watch it a few more times, you're going to appreciate it more and more each time. It's so fucking goofy. Yeah. It's so goofy. It's it's pretty crazy crazy silly. silly. Yeah. Yeah. I... I, 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 You want to talk about silly? Yeah. Next week... 1994, Tammy and the T-Rex. I am already. I am already. I've been waiting. Usually, when I like try and spring a movie on you, I usually say, "Hey, Bonnie, don't, don't, don't look up anything about this movie. Don't look up any of it." But when it comes to 1994's Tammy and the T-Rex, next week, you should look up how they made this film. And I think you'll appreciate it more. Very guerrilla filmmaking style of, like, all of the locations are around the director's house. Yeah. They had an audio-animatronic T-Rex for a couple of weeks, and they said, shit, let's throw together a movie, and, and, and that's basically the story, but... Yeah, you should look up some info on Tammy and the T-Rex before before watching this. I haven't seen it yet, but yeah. I'm really excited. I know how it ends. It ends with a, a strip tease and a, a severed brain. Okay. How the film ends. Sorry, spoiler alert. Strip tease and a, and a brain in a jar, but really excited to watch it. Yes. That is this week. 
Tammy and the T-Rex. But now for the look back at this week. Oh, man, oh, man. Uh, Supernatural, the election, Deanna Durbin, Cheech and Chong versus Jason. Yeah. Rodent, usual size, Cesar Romero. I gotta say, I think that this has been a pretty good episode. This has been a damn good episode. Okay, yes, I, I agree with you. You are usually the one who makes that distinction, and uh, uh, I didn't want to step on your toes. And for those of you playing at home, how many jokes did I make? Ten. Ten. If you understand that, then you really need to be listening to the full thing or watching it on Facebook. But anyway, how many jokes did I make about the subject that I said in the opening? Ten. I counted. Anyway, but but yes, uh, I concur. I concur with your assessment, good sir, good bunny. Better damsel. Yes. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steven on behalf of Natasha and Bella and Amber and Maxwell and Eleanor and everybody else. I just want to say thanks for listening. And we will see you next week, you godless heathens. And you didn't finish your last one of those And you. Well, you're great at ad living, Maxwell. And Bella's. I didn't drink myself, but I said this is why you fucking came in. Bella ran out of the house. Uh, oh, yes, Eleanor? And you? Cookies and cream. And your cookies and cream. Okay, good. My whole arm got caught in the doorway, so when I was running, I was banging on Max's door to try to get him to come out, and I was just, bam, right against the door frame. Okay, Bella injured herself. It's it's okay. It's all in the name of podcasting. Okay. Cut and print. <laughs>